Hi there, before you listen to the following podcast episode, I just wanted to quickly speak to you about something quite important. So if you haven't seen already, there's been a photo challenge going around all social media, which is the black and white photo challenge. Um, And I wanted to speak to you about where it apparently came from. Um, And it's all very connected to the femicide that's going on in Turkey. Now, femicide is the term that's used for the number of women who are abused and murdered at the hands of their partners. And the reason why the black and white pictures are related to that is because every day women in Turkey, they wake up to black and white pictures on social media, the TV and newspapers of those women that have been murdered. And many of these murders are not recorded And the government isn't protecting the women against domestic violence. So I'm asking you to be aware, raise awareness, um, sign petitions and donate if you can. And as I'm here already speaking to you about another matter that's been coming up this year, I want to remind you that the Black Lives Matter movement isn't over. Do the work and keep learning. Black Lives Matter. Thank you for listening to this and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'd also just like to say that none of my experience with relationship trauma is anywhere near as vague and terrible as what these women are going through or if you have been through domestic violence and my heart goes out to you and I can only imagine what that feels like. So yeah, I just wanted to say this beforehand Um, and yeah, I just send you so, so much love and thank you for listening and please keep doing the work. Hello and welcome back to the Growing To Be Me podcast. I'm Darlene. And I welcome you here into this space. And today is quite a heavy episode because I I think a while ago, actually, I asked you on Instagram what you would like to hear me talk about and what got the most polls was relationship trauma. <laughs> and it's a very big topic for me personally. And it's taken me some time to actually record this because I wrote it a while ago and thought about what I wanted to share with you. And even now my heart is beating quite fast and quite heavily because this is a very vulnerable episode for me. But I also feel very called to share this, not because I want pity (laughs) in no way, but because I feel like this might help you realize that you are not alone, that almost all of us go through some sort of relationship trauma in a way, um, sadly, but I'm here to share my story and my story only. This is my experience and this is my opinion and I am by no means a doctor or a qualified psychologist, so Anything that I will be speaking of is completely my own experience and and my own views on this. So if you are struggling with something quite heavy um, in this, 
please seek professional help, um, especially if you're looking for professional opinion. But yeah, if you also have anything to add to whatever I'm going to say in this podcast, um, or you want me to know how it made you feel, please share with me on Instagram if you'd like to. I am so, so up for helping you and speaking to you about this in opening a conversation because I do feel like this is quite still a taboo subject sometimes. Um, yeah, but buckle in. This is very personal to me and I'm quite anxious to be sharing this with you, but I, I feel like also putting this out there will, in a way, not close the book, but it's something that I feel like I just need to do and tell my story in terms of this. This might get quite emotional, but yeah, I am quite scared of what I'll be sharing, but I know that it will also help me and hopefully help you as well. So yeah. Um, so what is trauma? So before we get started, I want to speak about what is trauma. So I went and googled what trauma meant um, to give you kind of an actual definition of it. So what came up was that it is a severe emotional shock and pain caused by an extremely upsetting experience or a severe injury usually caused by a violent attack or an accident. This is from Cambridge Dictionary. And the reason I did this is because a lot of my life, throughout most of my life, I've just avoided the word trauma. I just didn't think that it would be a valid description of what I was feeling because I didn't go to war. And obviously there is a big difference between having that sort of trauma and, you know, the small traumas that we experience throughout life. There is quite a difference between that. Now, I would say personally, because I experienced friendship and relationship trauma, I'm going to be speaking about both of them today. Trauma is like a wound that someone or something opened. It is a wound that in on certain occasions burns because it feels like someone is opening opening it repeatedly. And trauma to, for me creates resistance, fear and it brings us emotional pain, incredible emotional pain. And that's just my view onto it. And I don't think until recently I actually began calling it trauma because I just I just didn't want to be overdramatic in a way. And it's ridiculous because it's something that has deeply affected the way that I live my life. And potentially a lot of you can relate to this. And you're not alone. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so... I want to speak about friendship trauma first. My experience with friendship trauma has been quite a journey. So I moved across country to Portugal when I was only six years old and I didn't speak the language for a while. And I made a few friends in school once I started picking up the language. 
but one that would be my best friend in a way. Well, let, let's call her Maya. Okay, let's call her Maya. Um, that's not her real name. I'm not going to give any real names in this. Um, so me and Maya were best friends for around 11 years, but it was a constant up and down, like, especially in school. And in the first year or so, when I was like, I'd say seven till I was like 13, maybe, maybe. I honestly, some of this might be very vague information just because it's something that I have tried to push to the back of my mind. So some of it's not incredibly clear anymore. Um, but for example, I would hang out. If I would hang out with any other friends, she would get angry at me and unfriend me. And this was from a very young age. So I would follow her every move. Everything she liked, I would do what she asked me to. And it was like I was her shadow in many ways. And I would do the things that she liked as well. Instead of discovering what I liked for myself in a way. So... But sometimes we wouldn't speak for a year and then she would sabotage my new friendships, taking them away from me, turning them against me. And somehow I would always end up crawling back to her, always, without fail. Like I would break at some point and just say, okay, I, I'm sorry for whatever I did a year ago or a week ago and just crawl back to her. And this happened countless times. I do not remember how many times this actually happened. And later on, when we grew a little bit older, when she left the school because she was a year above me, she found another best friend. And I still came to visit, even though I basically became invisible to her. At least I felt very invisible. Because whenever I would arrive there or I would be there, you know, I was... I felt basically replaced. I never really voiced this because I didn't feel like I was able to. Like, it was kind of a bit of a taboo to speak about these emotions and what we felt. And whatever she felt was right in my mind. And after that, she actually moved city. So she moved, um, I think, about an hour or so away from where she originally lived because she used to live quite close to me. And those were the first few years I feel I began actually to be seen by her. Like she actually noticed me and we had fun and deeper conversations. But even when I argued back, even when I began to speak up about certain things, I would be met with silence instead of a discussion. She was never at my level. She was. She always had the upper hand. Always. And I spent 11 years like this. Now I'm not saying all of it was terrible. I did have incredible moments with this person that I will forever cherish and it was a big part. But looking back, a lot of... A, lo a lot of what happened in that friendship has really affected the way that I still am sometimes unable to really have certain friendships with certain people because I either see traits 
of her within them or I just believe that that person is better than me. And a lot of these limiting beliefs that have been placed within me through the, these little traumas and beliefs that she's placed within me, it's really affected that part of me. And if you can relate to this, please get in touch. Because I, because through doing this work that I have been doing with women, this has come up with quite a few um, people that I have met, luckily, over the last few months. And it's been so good to open up about this. And that's also one of the reasons that I'd like to share this story in more depth because it doesn't seem to be just me and just the fact that I know that it's not just me makes me feel so much less alone and it makes me feel like it's okay to speak about this so yeah going back to the story as I began to grow up and by this I mean I was like 16 I, I think I started having my first serious relationship alongside of some declining mental health issues that I was having at the time and I felt that I didn't want her there anymore in a way because I I, to some extent I realized how alone I had been for so long unable to truly connect to anyone because I felt covered by the shell like I was her actual shadow I would dress myself like in a way that people shouldn't notice me. I would wear baggy clothes because I wanted to hide myself. And, you know, this might, this isn't just all because of her, but it largely contributed to the way that I saw myself, that I saw myself as a, a small person that, uh, I don't mean small person, but um, someone that should keep themselves small and covered and hide and that I shouldn't be speaking up about the things that I truly believe and that I should follow the crowd in a way. And I remember some of the times that she would say she would say horrible things to me or our friendship would end and I would end up crawling back to her just so she would make it stop. Just so she would stop seeking revenge by taking my other friends or spreading the rumors about me. Gosh, I remember my mom trying to make me see what she was doing as I was crying my eyes out, heading into a summer full of pain, the summer break of school. And I just didn't want to feel that anxiety and that pain throughout the whole summer, so I just made it stop by crawling back to her. And... Yeah, and this all ties into my sisterhood wound so, so much because I felt so separate from all the other girls in my life. I know I would have loved to spend time with different women, but but I was so terrified. I was really terrified, and I even have a few, a few women um, that I used to go to school with that I've recently gotten back in touch with, and I realize how amazing they are and genuine. And I used to see them, but I used to be terrified of trying to befriend them because what would happen if I did? I would lose my other friendship and maybe the other girls wouldn't even accept me. How crazy is that? 
And because I had been taught what I need, that I need to watch what I say, that I shouldn't say my opinion because it's not really the right one. And it would create trouble if I shared it because she wouldn't want to be my friend anymore because in a way I could offend her. I had kind of learned that people would turn their backs on me and hurt me at any cost. So how was I supposed to trust? How was I supposed to trust anyone or anything at that point? How? How do you trust people or women or any friends when someone makes you believe those things? And as this friendship ended, I was actually finding myself in my first as I said, serious, but also long-distant relationship, that also turned, um, well, it, it was a serious relationship that then turned into a long-distance relationship um, due to disapproval of his parents and um, due to their religion. And I won't go into detail, but it was a secret relationship and they decided to leave the country after the police got involved because they would there was lots of human rights violations that they were kind of making against their son. So only so we couldn't communicate. His parents took his laptop, his phone, and they would even take the Wi-Fi router with them in their car when they left the house. So it's like, there was so much more to it, but yeah, <laughs> that was it. So it was from one really long traumatic friendship to something like a very traumatic relationship in a way um which was a lot to to process at the time but yeah my friendship with Maya ended um and I was actually the one who um not really called it but it, it was just a weird way that things ended and um, it's one of those things. It, it was not a great way to end a friendship, but it just happened. It just did. And yeah, it's not something that I am bitter over anymore. I have very much grown as a person ever since and I've really flourished into a woman that I'm very proud to be. And it's actually quite good to just speak openly about this and tell you about my experience with this and how it's affected um, my friendships so far. Um, but yeah, back to my serious relationship. <sighs> I can't come up for a secret name for this one. Um, I will just, I don't know why, but my, my just came, popped into my head. So let's just call this guy David. It's got nothing to do with his real name, but let's just call him David. Um, so after starting that um, relationship with David, I sat in my room for months and it was, I think, my second to last summer of school, I believe. Yes, so it was year, well, it was year 11 out of 12, like just before year yeah, just before year 12. So I sat, um, I sat in my room for the whole summer just staring at my phone 
waiting for a message on Twitter. That whole summer, I just wouldn't really leave my room because he didn't... The only way he could communicate was if he had a few seconds of Wi-Fi on his iPod because that was the only thing he was allowed to keep. So he would message me on Twitter. And the reason why I stayed in my room was so that I wouldn't make that I would make sure that I wouldn't miss it. Because when I did in the past, even just to go shopping with my mom, I felt so much that so much guilt. So much guilt for missing it. And my body still today sometimes shakes at certain ringtones that I hear from my phone because they remind me of the time that I had to jump at my phone and grab it and respond. And it's also one of the reasons why I never have my phone on vibrate or out loud anymore unless it's for calls because it triggers something in me and I cannot explain it, but it, it just was a very... It was just specific ringtones that would just set something off in me. And it might sound very weird to you if you're listening to this, but it was just a very triggery response. Um, and after a year of speaking over emails, um, because then later he had access to emails in school, so he would speak to me every day whenever he was in school, I actually visit him secretly. Um, and I came all the way to England because they moved back to England where they were from. And after I did that, and I basically spent all my savings on coming to see him, <laughs> he cheated on me. He cheated on me. Yes. And after that, somehow I decided to still stay with him and keep on spending my savings to visit him. And it was the most toxic relationship. My intuition knew the whole time that he was cheating. My intuition knew. I knew. I, I knew. But I decided to ignore it. I wanted this Romeo and Juliet story to have a happy ending. That's what I wanted. And I kept telling myself this. I kept telling myself that... This is going to work out. And after all this is over, we are going to be happy. We're going to live together and all this bullshit. Pardon my language. <laughs> um, and the rest of this relationship was lies. He would ignore me for days on ends or hours. And for, for God's sake, I slept in Tesco one night. If you don't know what Tesco is, Tesco is a big supermarket branch in the UK. I slept in Tesco one night because of him. And how is this linked to him, you might wonder? Because his parents couldn't know about me. And the hotel he booked for me wasn't open 24 hours a day. So I had to end up sleeping in Tesco. Which is actually quite a fun story to tell if you think about it. But yeah, it was like... It was... Mental torture. And if you've been in the position where your partner's cheating on you and you know it, but you don't want to believe it, you know what I'm talking about. It is absolute torture. And when they ignore you and when they make up lies and you know that they're lying, it is torture because you, you don't want to ask the question, why are you lying to me? Because somewhere, somewhere and somehow you still keep telling yourself that, you know, it's okay. Like, I will make him love me. 
How crazy is that? And did I leave? No, I didn't. And I don't know why. I don't know why. As I say, I just kept telling myself, this is the perfect love story. One day we will be together. And I can tell you, I, I was not happy. I wasn't happy. It was hell. For me, it was absolute hell. And every time he would disappear or ignore me, he was probably with her. And every time he would make up some lie about him even being in hospital, he would lie to me and tell me that he was in hospital. But he was probably with her. Every time he was arguing with me, he probably knew he had her. And whenever I came to visit, especially the last few times, he barely spent time with me. He barely spent time with me. And after nearly two years, and when I was about to move to the UK, actually, which actually was not because of him, um, I generally just wanted to do an apprenticeship here, and it was actually further away from where he was. But just, just before I was about to move to the UK, I had enough, and I just decided to call it. But... The reason why I decided to call it was because I had a point where I was so drained and I was so tired and I just felt so tortured and empty that I just couldn't go on because it was, it was sucking the life out of me. It was absolutely sucking the life out of me. And after... That ended, um, we were still in touch for a little bit, um, but then he decided to block me, I don't know why, and to be honest, at the time I felt destroyed when that happened, but just an hour or two after that, I felt so relieved, I felt like the biggest weight was lifted off of my shoulders, I really felt like something just came off of my back because I knew that I didn't have to worry about those messages anymore. I didn't have to carry my phone everywhere anymore. I didn't have to feel that feeling of feeling so sick you don't want to eat because you know something's not working and something's wrong. And some, someone doesn't value you. And I didn't have to drive myself crazy about how am I going to make this person value me. Because no one ever should have to do that. You should never have to prove someone how much your, your, your value is. You should never have to prove that to someone. Someone who truly loves you and cares for you knows exactly how much you're worth. And they will do anything and everything to show that to you. And if they don't, then they're genuinely not worth your time. But especially when it's your first relationship and you're young, it's very hard to navigate. It's very hard to navigate. 
as I was actually speaking with my friend, um, my one of my really close friends and old childhood friends named Rita. Um, she's absolutely fantastic. And we were having these really deep conversations last week when I was back um, in Portugal. And she she had such a good point because she was speaking about how television influences how we see relationships and how we see it should be. Because if you watch, say, let's say, like a soap opera that runs every single day, all there is is drama. Drama, drama, and drama. And relationships need drama. Relationships should be like this. Or they're an incredible fairy tale. And so many of us, especially when we're young, we take that in. And we think this is what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be painful. There's supposed to be lots of drama. And it's supposed, or it's supposed to be a complete fairy tale. That is not how it works. That is not a relationship. That is a fantasy of a relationship that has been created by these industries on TV. And the only reason they use drama is because it makes things more interesting. But it does not represent reality. You do, You should never have to suffer to that extent in order to be with someone. You should not have to suffer or ever doubt your worthiness when you're with your partner. Never. <clears throat> so, ever since that relationship... um. I didn't actually have any very serious relationships for, I think it was like two years. And I had like a few, not a few, but like two, um, two short relationships. I don't even know if I want to call them relationships. They weren't really relationships, but I felt petrified and I felt taken for granted. I would panic call and message without an end when they wouldn't respond I was so paranoid insecure and out of trust and after all all any of those guys ended up cheating on me and leaving me for someone else anyways and yeah it, it's it was this cycle that I was stuck in of this constant panic of not feeling worthy and being taken for granted and I know some of you can relate to this very much because these patterns they come from those traumas that you have experienced in the past and you don't want to be abandoned by the person who has abandoned you in the past and you want approval outside of yourself at least that's what I think I was looking for at the time and I just felt so out of control. And I know that's wrong. You're not supposed to have control over your partner and their actions. And you should be able to fully trust them. But it's hard when you've been screwed over several times. It's really hard to do that. It's incredibly hard to trust someone. Especially when, you, when your first partner was away from you and they did what they did to you. And they showed no, no remorse whatsoever. I mean, I found out, like, two years later that my first relationship, the last four months of it, 
um, did I say yeah, David, <laughs> David was in a relationship with me and with the girl that he had cheated on me with for four months, for the last four months of that relationship with, with a complete lie, an absolute lie. And you know what the worst part was? She didn't know. She had no clue. She thought we'd already broken up months ago. And the only reason I found this out was because she had the heart to secretly get in touch with me and tell me that she was sorry for any pain she caused me. And when I when we figured out that the dates didn't match up, you can imagine how hard that was for her too. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of it because I never spoke to her after this and because she didn't want to believe it at the time. But I felt terrible. Not because I was cheated on, obviously that it, it sucked, <laughs> but I had already had two years to distance myself from those things and what happened, but she had no clue. She was was in a in a relationship full of lies from the start, and I cannot imagine, well I can imagine, I felt it, and I just never want anyone else to have to feel like that, but sadly it happens every day. And if you are going through something like this or have gone through something like this, just know that I'm here and I see you and I hear you. It's hard. It's terrible. And oh, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, just thinking about this. But um, yeah, it was so hard to meet anyone else after that and I was in one long-term-ish relationship um, a few years ago and it was it was a very different situation because it was a guy who was very nice genuinely nice and he did everything and anything for me but looking back we didn't really have much in common and after over a year of kind of sitting in this relationship not feeling at 100%, I just listened, I finally, <laughs> finally eventually listened to my intuition and left. But it was very different being on the other side to then break things off when you know that someone genuinely cares for you and you don't want to do to them one was, what was done for you, to you. Um, so it's very hard also being on the other side when you've experienced something like that because you don't necessarily know how to handle something like that well and yeah it's yeah it's it's hard it's very hard to navigate um and and I'm not here again to tell you these stories to make you pity me nor to tell you that all men are liars no I I am only telling you this because this is the shit that I went through and that took me to rock fucking bottom in 2015 but I'm still here I'm here and I'm stronger than ever and I am so proud that I can say that I'm healing so if I can do it so can you the current relationship that I am in is the healthiest that I have ever been in ever not because it's perfect but because when I used to go off track and fall into paranoia, my partner doesn't dismiss it. 
He lets me know what I'm doing and he tries to help me. And in this way, I can notice my patterns and I'll learn to trust again. And this is a process that I'm still going through because setbacks are natural and they happen sometimes, especially if you feel vulnerable or something else is going on in your life and you're not sure how to cope with it. But I've been working so hard and I still am to recover from these little traumas in me. And I'm, I am very lucky I am personally, I'm very lucky that he gives me the space to do this work and that he hears me and that he sees me the best that he can. I am very, very lucky. Because many of us, women and men, are taught that when we feel quite emotional, heartbroken, betrayed or hurt, we might be overdramatic. We might be being overdramatic when these feelings stick around for some time. But let me tell you, your feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. You are feeling emotions for a reason. Listen to what your body is trying to tell you. It is so important. Again, listen to what your body is trying to tell you. Maybe you notice that anything that replicates a traumatic relationship that you have been in brings back trauma. You're not alone. You're not alone and it's okay. Your body is trying to protect you by sending you a panic response. And the more you notice these and gently let them know you see them, the easier it is to work with them and slowly change your patterns to the better. Why do the work when it's not my fault? If you don't want to do the work, expecting someone else to fix your trauma, you will never find the stillness you so deeply want. I, I personally used to believe in the whole you need to take me as I am bullshit. But if you don't change, are you growing? Do you want to become happier and healthier? I have never been happier. And this is because I worked so hard to protect myself, to make myself happy, to separate, to separate myself from the stories that my mind likes to tell me. And when in doubt about a relationship, whether it's friendship or a relationship or my relationship, if you want to leave, that's okay. I know I am worthy of someone who stays and respects me. If you want to leave, that's okay. I know I am worthy of someone who stays and respects me. Listen to this. As I have trusted my intuition more than ever, the Leo in me is surging bit by bit as I expand and the craziest part is now I have friends that I can be vulnerable with and friends that can be vulnerable with me people who can be trusted people who do not look down on me or see me as a cute and shy little girl they see the goddess in me because I see the goddess in them and if you think you have experienced some relationship trauma, I would recommend you seek professional help because especially if you feel like you have fallen into a very dark place.
my first seven months after my first relationship, or even the first year actually, I have I they they are kind of a slight blur to me, as I shut myself off from everyone and everything and in a whole different country. And one day I decided to get help, and even though it didn't heal me, over the years and different counselors, I was able to hear my story more clearly in order to work through it. Especially as women, we are made out to feel like we are crazy. When in fact, we are simply in pain and searching for happiness in another soul. The countless times that I was called crazy and controlling and so many other names because I was panicking and I was in pain But the people that I was projecting this onto were not ready to listen to me and they didn't want to listen to me because they didn't want to have to deal with me, which I completely understand because they weren't right for me and I wasn't ready to do the work and I didn't know where to go. But a lot of the time when we as women, or even men as well, when they express, when we express our emotions to someone else, we are often labeled as overdramatic and crazy. Which is what we have been taught to do. Just like by the, by the TV, you know, like what, I, what, what my friend Rita was saying about what's being played on TV. People like that are labeled as crazy, as controlling. But everything, everything you, you need... <laughs> is within you. Everything you need is within you. You are complete. You are not broken. You are hurt and you can heal. You can rise. You can rise from this. I'm not saying it's easy or that it will ever completely go away as I'm not a specialist in this. But I know that if you're willing to give yourself the love, the investment and the time and rest that you deserve, you will shine so bright. You will shine so bright. You are not broken. Listen to me, you are not broken. Everything you need is within you. And I spent a lot of time thinking that I was broken, that someone else was going to fix me, that I needed outside validation in order to rise again. That is bullshit. You do not need that outside validation, nor are you broken. You are not broken. And after falling into a dark pit that I didn't think I would make it out of, I am here. I am here and I'm shining so bright with so much to give and full gratitude of this fucking magical life. And if I can, so can you. If I can, so can you. And you are not alone in this. If you have experienced a friendship relationship trauma, you are not alone in this. And this is still something that we do not talk about enough because we are scared to be labeled as crazy and as overdramatic. But let me tell you, you are not alone. And I'm just going to keep saying this because you are not alone. And I felt so alone. I felt like I was crazy. Like what I had to say didn't matter or my emotions didn't matter because it was just scaring people away. 
No. The people who will truly respect you and care for you are going to stay, see you and hear you just as you need to be seen and heard. They are not going to need you to get rid of all of your other friends or change your life drastically for them. No, they will allow you to be who you truly are and they might even be inspired by your rising and by what you're doing or they might inspire you. Surround yourself with people that are filled with love and people that inspire you but in a way that it fuels you from within. Let yourself be loved and inspired by the things around you, by the people around you. And it can be hard. I mean, I have spent nearly now, nearly now six years in, in, in England trying to know where I'm supposed to go when I'm doing things that I'm doing now that really fire me up. And it's been incredible to get to know so many of you and speak to you so vulnerably about so many topics and give you safe spaces. It's absolutely been incredible to me and I am so incredibly thankful for, thankful for this, to get to do this, but it's taken me, I'm turning 24 next month, but it's taken me time and I'm still healing quite a lot of these friendship wounds and traumas that I have. Sometimes I still really struggle to speak to people, to open up to people because I found that sometimes I've opened up to people and it wasn't right. And it wasn't okay to be vulnerable because they will they are not ready to truly see me and that's okay. But trust your body. Trust what your body is telling you. Listen to your gut feeling when it tells you to leave a situation that doesn't serve you. Trust your body. Because it holds so much more wisdom. Especially because we've been taught to think logically in this world that we live in, in this mainly masculine energy run world, we are taught that logic is the way to do things, to move forward. And our intuition has been suppressed and dismissed in many ways because we cannot truly explain why we need to go somewhere or why we need to leave somewhere. We cannot explain it because it isn't logical. It is magical. But it is something that you know you need to do and that you know you need to tap into. So allow yourself to tap into it. Allow yourself to listen to your body. Especially if it feels scary or it feels exciting. It's a sign to lean in and to do it. But you are not alone in this. You are worthy of helping yourself and working on yourself and all the tools that you truly need are within you. And you are not broken. You are not broken. <sighs> so thank you so much for listening to this. I think that's all that I have to say on this topic for now. Um... Maybe there'll be another part if you'd like me to go into 
any other details, do let me know because this is a very big and broad topic. And yeah, there we go. That is my experience. <laughs> this is probably going to be the longest episode so far, but this has been my experience and it's been very. It's been a roller coaster, it's a rocky journey to deal with these things. But I'm here now and I hope me sharing this will make you feel less alone and if it does, please get in touch. But yeah, I hope you are having a wonderful day wherever you are and if you listen to this because you needed some comfort, I hope it brought you comfort and I just send you so, so much love and... Yeah, I will see you soon. Bye-bye.